You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Number 400 for Phil the Thrill. Yeah, it's it's a cool uh, thing. It's neat, you know. Copper pipes, the commercial stainless steel stinks. Stinks, here, get your stinks. Um, it's the same group, it's the same leaders, it's, it's the same horses pulling the, the wagon. The next step is you, you've got to shake this tree, and you've got to shake it right from the top. It's seven games in, and man, they're done. They're done for this season. they gotta, they, they got to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of the season, because this is over. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. A-Dog, good morning. Good morning. And Laddie, good morning to you. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. I said earlier that we are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios. Jason, tell them more about Kintech. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. We came into the studio this morning on a Wednesday, and there was a sense of tranquility, dare I say calm, with Halford and Bruff and Laddie and A-Dog. A-Dog was curled up asleep in the corner of the the booth. It's true. They gave me a blanket. I didn't leave. (laughs) I just sleep under the booth. It was nice. The reason for this, I think, is because there was no Canucks news, no Canucks notes, no Canucks action to speak of yesterday. There was nothing. They didn't play a game. They didn't practice for a game. Nobody got hurt. Nobody's pet's heads fell off. It was tranquility. Tranquilo. Mm -hmm. It was nice and mellow. It was good. And I feel like maybe, just maybe, we can roll with this for a little bit today. Well, the season's already over, according to that clip that uh, Laddie played. And that's it. staying in the and, rotation, folks. Yeah, thank God it's only a seven-game season, eh? <laughs> and uh, that, that, that voice sounded like my voice. <laughs> no, Did I say no. that? Who's to say who that was? I think that's, that, that's when you need the prove me wrong, kids. Yep. Prove me wrong. We said the exact same thing last year yeah. when they were 6-15-2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. And prove us wrong, they did. Although they did still fall short of the playoffs. Anyway, I bring this up, this this sense of tranquilo in the studio, because we're going to go a little bit outside the Canucks over the next three hours and maybe talk about some of the things in the world of sports that we've neglected. By that, I mean everything. Like we, Jason and I were going back and forth yesterday. What do you want to talk about on the show? We realized that I don't even know what's going on in the rest of the National Hockey League. I've been so hyper-focused on the Canucks season collapsing yeah. in such calamitous, spectacular I th- form. I think Vegas looks good. Uh, Seattle has a team. Did you guys know this? Phil Kessel's played 3,000 games in a row. Yeah. Phil, Phil Kessel is an Iron Man. Did you know Seattle uh, is actually in a playoff spot right now? Good yeah, I don't. Big win last about night. about that. Big yeah. win last So anyway, we're going to do... Canucks are going to have to try and get some points off a playoff team. That's coming up tomorrow night. Tomorrow. In Seattle. But uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go uh, NHL heavy. We've got a lot of different topics we want to get into. We're going to do some NFL today as well because the next week, week eight of NFL action begins tomorrow. So at 7 o'clock, Nick Shook, uh, our NFL insider from NFL.com, is going to join us. This question you posed here, Jason, is what I want to lead with Nick. 
Who has had the more frustrating season? Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers or Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What a great question. Yeah. I'm I'm great at questions and especially questions about people going through struggles. Yes. <laughs> It's very, very apropos. So, seven, By the way, I yes. think the answer is Aaron Rodgers, even though Tom Brady has had more to deal with. Mm. I think Aaron Rodgers, like, he only has the one Super Bowl. Yes. Right? Tom has seven. Right? Yes. So, Aaron Rodgers, I feel like there's an exponential frustration to every season where he's kind of like, oh, this isn't looking like I'm going to add to my total here. You the know? best tweet that But I overall, see. Tom Brady, man, Tom Brady's had, the, had like, I would say, worse on-field struggles than Aaron Rodgers, plus he's going through, like, a pretty ugly personal situation. Well, that's what I would say. The best tweet I saw about this was like, why, why are they so frustrated? It's like, well, uh, they're both struggling with their play. Uh, they're both probably going to miss the playoffs, and they both hate their families. So that was – you can see why they're so frustrated. So 7 o'clock, Nick Shook, NFL.com is going to join us. 7.30, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff is going to join us. We'll talk about some of these stories that are going in and around the National Hockey League, but, of course, we will start with your Vancouver Canucks with Frank at 7.30. 8 o'clock, it's Murph. I, Murph is now, because he's rinkside, because he's talking to guys, because he's in the scrums, because he's around the team, he's our vibe check guy. He's our Wednesday vibe check guy. Can can you remind me to ask Murph, how do the Canucks travel to games in Seattle? Oh, you're meaning do they fly or bus? And when do they go down? Right. Do they do, take individual helicopters? No, no, they do they go, walk? Do they, do they go swim? down game day or do they go down the night before? Or do they stay in a hotel? Because they're practicing today. Then And then would they... Take a nice bus down and stay the night in a hotel and play? I, I have no idea. Okay. We'll ask Murph at 8 o'clock how will the Canucks get to Seattle and in what mm. manner will they get there? Right. That's the kind of scintillating radio you're not going to get anywhere else in this city. It's, it's, it's curious, isn't it? Sure. Sure. I, I mean, I think that they either fly game day because it's so short. Or the night before, I don't think they, they take a, They take a bus and they're like, uh, JT, you can drive. <laughs> you're fine. You know what? <laughs> just, take, just, just drive. <laughs> JT, take the wheel. Uh, eight o'clock, Murph. Seven thirty, Frank Saravalli. Seven o'clock, Nick Shook from NFL.com. Busy night in the association. That's the NBA. Uh, Toronto and Philly. There's a couple other games as well. Light night in the National Hockey League. Actually, only three games, but you get the Battle of New York, the Rangers and Islanders, Edmonton, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, and Anaheim. Uh, and you got Champions League today. A bunch of really good games. Liverpool, Ajax, Bayern and Barca, Rangers, Napoli. So there's a wide scope, a wide array of sports today. We're going to try and talk about them all. But before we do anything like that, uh, we need to tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? We will do our due diligence, however. You are listening to Sportsnet 650. This is your home of the Canucks. So we will start with a very brief overview of what did or didn't happen yesterday on an off day for the Vancouver Canucks. So, nothing. No rink. No hockey. Just get away from it all. The 0-5-2 Canucks will return to practice today at 11 a.m. ahead of Thursday's game in Seattle, at which point they will unlock the Rubik's Cube of how to get down to Seattle. Uh, and, you know, things to keep an eye on. I guess the big one at forward... We'll see if the lines remain the same. On defense, we'll see who's healthy and who's not. And I guess the two guys that play into that equation the most are Riley Stillman and Brock Besser, who actually seem that they're remotely close to returning. Well, their day-to-day, they were scratches uh, uh, in the last game against Carolina. I think the other scratch, there's 
usually three scratches, and the third scratch I think was Noah Juleson. Yes. Um, maybe he'll get in, maybe he'll he'll not. Um, the only thing I'm pretty sure about is that JT Miller is going to remain a winger yeah. for the time being. Um, he was on a line with Horvat and Mikheyev against the Hurricanes, and it's not like he that line dominated or anything, but JT Miller did score twice. You know, one was on the power play and one was off a funny bounce, but he did score twice. Um, and so I think they'll keep him. As a winger, and that will mean Horvat and Pedersen are your top six centers, and Nils Oman and Curtis Lazar are your bottom six centers. Uh, you mentioned the injuries. Yes, Riley Stillman and Brock Besser are considered day to day. So I don't know about Riley Stillman coming in. Um, I don't know about Brock Besser coming in, but I will be curious to see if if Brock Besser is ready to go. Who does he take out? So we're kind of back to that question again. Uh, would it be Nils Hoaglander? Would it be, I don't know, Tanner Pearson? He's hey, kind of found his way down the lineup. I but think anything's on the table. I, I mean, think everything should be on the table. Um, as much as people, some people, said that their performance Monday against Carolina was better, you know, they were still outshot badly. 39-16. By the Hurricanes uh, in terms of, Zone time, uh, it it very much looked like a far superior team playing the Vancouver Canucks, and, and that's what it was. Um, we mentioned the third period, and while the third period was, I don't know, less toxic than Saturday's third period against the Buffalo Sabres, there weren't jerseys going on the ice, and there wasn't too much booing. Uh, it wasn't good. No. It started out by the Hurricanes scoring twice. Early in the period, the Canucks did get one back, but the Hurricanes outshot them 15-3 to in the third period. So I don't think any lineup should be considered, um, you know, like, okay, change that. Now, the issue, the big issue it, it, with this lineup right now is that Quinn Hughes is hurt, and he's week to week, so we're not going to expect him to play. I don't expect him to play. Tomorrow, I don't expect them to play Friday. Uh, after that, I think their next game is Tuesday. They'd have a few days off, so maybe then. But week to week is week to week. And we're not being given much information about Quinn Hughes's injury. And without Quinn Hughes and with Tucker Pullman going on LTI, uh, I don't know what the status of Travis Dermott is. He said he's somewhere between day-to-day and week-to-week. That was from Bruce okay. Pedro. Very specific. So, so he's three days to three days. Yep. Uh, I don't know what his status is. Um, well, here's the reality. You know, of the situation. Here's the reality. The, 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 the blue line is is awful right now. Once again, to reiterate that their projected top six going into the season featured Quinn Hughes, Tucker Pullman, and Travis Dermott. Right? That was those guys were all in. Dermott was in. He might not have been any higher than fifth or sixth, but he was in. So three of their top six are out. Then you acquired Riley Stillman, who jumped into that top six with the injuries. And he's out. So that's four of your top seven. And that is, again, for a team that going into this season, everyone circled on the calendar and said, take advantage of their weak defense. If they are healthy, they are adequate at best. And now they're less than that. Well, let's talk about the Canucks' next two opponents because both those teams were in action last night. It was a very busy night in the NHL. Um, The Seattle Kraken hosted Buffalo on Tuesday and they beat the Sabres. And the Kraken are now 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. 
Good for third place in the division. Granted, they played a few more games than the likes of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, the LA Kings are 4-4, four and four, so I think they've got just as many points as the Kraken. I'm kind of doing this from memory, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Kraken are playing better this season. Now, I think they've still got some goaltending issues. Actually, Phil, I'm pretty sure Phil they've got Gru- some. Philip Grubauer just went on IR. It'll be Martin Jones taking yeah. the net for the foreseeable future. Uh, the Kraken are 3-3-1, three, three and, and it's important to note that the Canucks might have gotten off uh, with a little bit of a break here because the biggest issue with their season was that prior to last night, they were wit- uh, winless at Climate Pledge Arena. They were 0-2-1. It had been a pretty rough start. The People were getting restless at home. But then they came in yesterday, and they got a Buffalo team that was fat and happy at the end of their Western Road Swing, and Buffalo laid an egg and lost 5-1 in Seattle. Seattle's an interesting team, if only because of the guys that they have at forward. The two that we're probably going to be most focused on for Thursday night's game against the Canucks are Matty Beneers and Shane Wright at very different stages of their evolution. Right? I don't know if Shane Wright's going to play. Right. I, w- I would doubt he. I doubt he's going to play. It was a healthy scratch. Well, they've all they've been alternating, so he's been in, out, in, out, and then when he plays, he plays like seven minutes a night. Is that what they're doing? They're just on a straight alter, like pretty alternating? much, yeah. Because they want to extend the time before he hits the 10-game mark for his ELC. Yeah. And they want him to be with the team and learn and try and see if maybe he'll make some growth in, I don't know, the span of a month. But the reality is right now... That'd be weird to change the lineup, though, after a 5-1 win over Buffalo. Yeah, they've just been doing it. They said they had a plan going into the season. So they had orchestrated yeah. this with Wright. I mean, again, it's like it's a fourth-line winger. But he's expected at that point. But Sorry, he's expected but... to return to the OHL. Correct. I don't think he's long for the Kraken. Matty Beneers, however, no. looks terrific. Yeah. And that's going to be, again, if you're looking long-term as a Vancouver Canucks fan, uh, you're looking at your I-5 rival... Those are going to be the two guys that are going to be featured prominently for the foreseeable future. On Friday night, the Canucks play their next home game. So far, winless at Rogers Arena in two games. They also play... winless on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But... They haven't won away from Rogers Arena. Oh, that's right. Either. This team has played seven games and has not won a game. Thank you so much for reminding yeah. me of that. Yeah, uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, they were in Calgary Last night, uh, the Penguins got off to a great start to the season, but Alberta wasn't kind to them. First, they went to Edmonton. They had a 3-1 lead. They ended up losing that 6-3. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers, they can come from behind. Yes. We've noticed that. They can yes. they can score goals in bunches. They're quite good at it. And last night, they played a very good Calgary Flames team. Any questions about how this team was going to gel with so many new players, especially at the top of the lineup? I think those questions have been answered. Hubert Oak scored last night. Kadri scored last night. This team just looks solid. You know how Frank Corrado had that comment about the Vancouver Canucks, and he was like, yeah, I don't know if their roster is put together too well. Like, it just seems like a mishmash. Yes. I don't think the Flames are a mishmash. These guys have roles. They have some excellent uh, forwards in terms of their both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a deep defense, and they got Jacob Markstrom in goal, and they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins four to one last night to improve to five and one. The Penguins again, they got off to a good start, so they've lost two in a row, but they're still four two and one, and they'll be coming to Vancouver. I'm sure they're in Vancouver now, actually partying it up. So they'll probably have a day off today, and then while the Canucks are playing the Kraken in Seattle, Pittsburgh will either be resting 
or partying. Yep. <laughs> there will be a Pierre's. In Vancouver, uh, awaiting the Canucks on Friday at Rogers Arena. Yeah, see, the, I, th- I felt like, again, it almost seems like a fruitless task trying to pinpoint, oh, well, the Canucks might get a break here, they might not get a break here. The reality is I don't think they're good enough, period. But uh, Seattle, it's very good that Seattle got that first home win out of the way because you would have said going down to Seattle, you get the uh, quote-unquote I-5 rivalry. You don't want the Canucks going down there where they're desperate to get a win at home because they've lost what would have been four in a row at home. But this is different with Pittsburgh because now you get a Pittsburgh team that kind of got skunked in Alberta. I mean, I think the other point to look at this is that they gave up 10 goals over the course of two games, and that's pretty leaky. And I'm sure they're going to want to tighten that up. And let's be honest, all these teams that are coming west right now, if you look at your calendar and your schedule, when you're circling Vancouver, it's like this is when we feast, right? This is either when we bump the slump or extend our streak or whatever because the Canucks are just so pitiful right now. So, and you got a back to back, right? Yeah. Say what you will about the minimal travel. Pittsburgh's going to be looking at that game on Friday and saying, "This is kind of where we get we snap this two-game uh road losing streak in the bud. We get back on track and we do it against a Vancouver team that, you know, we may as well address this now. How are they going to handle the goaltending on Thursday and Friday nights? Like wh- what do you do right now? If you want to text in, we can answer the question right mm-hmm. now. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. I'll throw it to our goalie guru, Laddie, and then the other guy, A-Dog. Uh, you, you know, you've got Spencer Martin, who hasn't played in a while. You've got Thatcher Demko, who hasn't been great, but is still your clear-cut de facto number one. You're desperate for wins, and you've got a back-to-back on the road and then at home. I'll start with Laddie from In Goal Magazine. Laddie. Who do you go with, and how do you sort out your goaltending rotation over the next two games? Well, it's tricky because now you're you're sort of in a position where you need the wins, and that's that's kind of the one exception when I would think it's okay to start a goalie back-to-back because the numbers aren't pretty. Uh, when you look at the second half of a back-to-back, if a goalie plays both ends of it, the, the analytics aren't kind to the, the second half. So, uh, you know, as much as you want to, to get Spencer Martin in there and, and you do need to work him into at least one of those games, I think maybe you go with Demko for one of the back to back. I like it. You Whoa. have to this early because yeah. he's your guy. You need to get him rolling. If you're going to have any success this season, I think one of those back to backs, he's got to play both. I have trouble agreeing with that just because you said the numbers are unkind to goalies playing back to back. I don't want them any more unkind to what the numbers already are for Thatcher Demko. It might actually be better. Like he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't look great right now. Uh, I'm certainly not singling him out. Uh, I also know that of the goals that he surrendered, a lot of them have been because of bad puck, mon- pack, puck management or defensive breakdowns by the Vancouver Canucks, or both at the same time. Um, but he doesn't look sharp, and this happens to goalies. They go through tough spurts sometimes. Now, maybe the idea and what you mentioned was you, you play him back into form and you just play him a lot. Um, Spencer Martin has only had one game so far this season. It was in Columbus. It wasn't horrendous, but I still come back to that Johnny Gaudreau goal, and Spencer Martin should have done better on that. That was the uh, classic goal where you'd make the crack easy save for Luongo. Yes, you know, like because a little he, bit of an overplay. He he overplayed it a little bit, and then Johnny Gaudreau just wrapped the puck around. Um, it's funny though because under normal circumstances, not when you're mired in a, like a historically bad seven-game losing streak to start the season, that result in Columbus by your backup would probably be fine. 
Like he got you a point on the road. Doesn't really matter the opponent. So again, I understand what you're saying. Like he, the goal wasn't great, but under any other circumstances, he would have said, "Yeah, Spencer Martin held up his end of the bargain, right?" They got he got a point for the team on the road as a backup when he doesn't play a lot. But mm. in this circumstance, it's totally changed. I mean, we're seven games in. And Laddie, our goalie guru, is already talking about maybe playing Demko back to back because you're so desperate. Yeah, but that, that's because Laddie panics. He, do, he doesn't have. He doesn't have. He doesn't <laughs> he's shaking. I, I want to see Demko get on track. I want to uh, see him find his point. game, and I think hey, he needs to play. Laddie, of the publicly available uh, goalie stats, do you trust the ones from Money Puck? Uh, Money Puck is good. Uh, I think was it behind the net? Does okay, some yeah. goalie tracking so, as well. So, so money, a couple mo- sites that Money I Puck. Money Puck isn't bad. Yeah. Um, of the 65 goalies in the NHL, according to Money Puck, Thatcher Demko is the second worst in, so far in this season. Of... Oh, yeah. His, his goal saved above average is in the, the far into the negatives right, okay. right now. He is uh, um, allowed 5.4 more goals than expected. Only uh, Elvis Merzlikens in Columbus has a higher number than that that's the one i have that um, written down somewhere uh, the columbus blue jackets are the only team that have allowed more goals than the vancouver canucks this year which is awesome they've also played an extra game they played eight to vancouver seven but hey vancouver's not dead last in every single category in the nhl take that columbus so if you look at team save percentage uh the canucks are fourth last in the nhl and that's just straight save percentage so you know that doesn't take into account shorthanded goals or, you know, I think even uh, it might not even take into account empty net goals. Well, but... if, you're, if you're looking at raw save percentage mm-hmm. and raw goals saved above average, the three worst goalies in the league this year have been Demko, Merzlikens, and Flurry. Right, right. So there yeah. you go. And they're they're pretty far down the list when you look at some of the names ahead of them. Well, so... there's some interesting names. We might as well continue this conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some interesting names actually at the top of the list. Um, Alex Stalock. For the Chicago Blackhawks, like you mentioned, how they won their was it four straight? Well, we've, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll do this in the next segment because I want to get some listener feedback on this, talking about the biggest surprises and disappointments in mm-hmm. the NHL so far as we start to pay attention. Staylock in Chicago are one of them. Uh, Carter Hart in Philly is looking good. Uh, he's ranked third. The top three goalies, according to this list, uh, were that's Carter Hart. Ilya Samsonov might be up there as Ottinger? well. Uh, and Jake Ottinger. He's having a fantastic yeah. start to the year. And Alex Jake Ott- Stalock, yeah. But Jake Ottinger was expected to have a good start. Like, I even think, like, James Reimer is playing pretty well. So, um, Got a we'll, shot up the other day. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into the, the stories of, of some of the other teams around the NHL. But I think the underlying message is tomorrow in Seattle, you've got two teams with goaltending issues early on. Now... You mentioned that the the Kraken beat the Sabres 5-1, so that's good for their goaltending situation, that they only allowed one goal. But I, I still don't think you sit there and you, you trust uh, Martin Jones in net for the Seattle Kraken. And right now, you know, who do you trust in Vancouver's net? Thatcher Demko or Spencer Martin? I think they should split them, but I'm just not sure how to split them. Like, do you, would it look weird? Like, typically what you do, is on the second of a back-to-back, you go with your backup. Yes. Right? That's typically how it's done. I'm not sure if it should be done that way, but that's typically how it's done. Wouldn't it be weird to play Thatcher Demko in Seattle 
and then you come home for a big game in front of your own fans, in front of Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, and let's say you're still winless, mm-hmm. and you're like, our backup's playing. See, I'm with you on that. You know, like that it's game, just weird. That game on Friday, let's put it this way, when they're doing the season ticket packages, or the remember they used to do ice packs? You could buy like an 11-game one. Um, I think they still do. Do they? I don't know. I don't buy tickets. Uh, um, you look at the the marquee games, right? It's always Leafs, Habs, and then I think the third question we always asked when we used to get them: When is like Crosby coming to town? This yeah. is before McDavid, right? When's Crosby coming to town? So Friday night at home against the traveling show that is the Pittsburgh Penguins and Geno and Sid, that's a marquee game. Like mm-hmm. I don't care if you're. Old school hockey guy, and you're like, ah, two points is two points. It doesn't matter who it comes against. There are bigger games on the schedule, and you are in an entertainment business. And especially for a team that is so fragile right now, I do wonder if they might just flip it around and put Martin and Nett in Seattle and then do Demko on Friday. I also think that there's some validity to what Laddie said. It's like, just go play, Thatcher. Just go do both. Well, the the other thought is, too, the the second half, or the the latter half of the back-to-back, the team plays worse because the team is tired. Don't you want your better goaltender kind of weathering the storm when the team is more tired in front of them? What would you do, A-Dog? Would you play Archer Silovs? I'd be curious to see him, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Who cares at this point? Just go all in. Boudreaux is known for playing his goalies back-to-back, though, isn't he? he, Yeah. And and I wonder if he looks at the situation that they're in, and he also looks at the schedule uh, because the Canucks have three days off after that Pittsburgh game. I bet he plays them back-to-back. Yeah, I bet bet that's – yeah, if I – like gun to head, which I hope it doesn't come to. Please, that would be a weird um, situation. Yeah, does yeah. Thatcher Demko play back to back? Oh God, why are you doing this? Why, why? Yeah. Yeah. Just answer the question. Yeah. I think Demko's going to play on both. I think you're right. I don't necessarily agree with it because no. of the metrics, but I think that's what's going to happen. And by the way, I think Boudreaux played the wheels off Jonas Hiller when he was in Anaheim. He played him something in the neighborhood of like 25 games consecutively. He's alluded to it, too, mm-hmm. right? I think it was last year when he just kept putting Demko in time after time after time. So we'll see what happens, right? It's Right now, it, it, it matters, but it doesn't who plays in net because the reality is, is that the guys in front of the goalie have to be so much better for this team to win. But I will say this. We have yet to see through seven games this season Thatcher Demko come out and give us a bubble Demko performance where he steals a game for the Vancouver Canucks. Coming up on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650, we mentioned that we may have been a tad myopic through the first couple weeks of the season and that we were hyper-focused on the world crumbling around us and the hockey team getting off to this unbelievably bad start. So we thought, why not, why not try and figure out what the rest of the NHL looks like? Yeah, kind of expand our horizons beyond this Vancouver bubble. I want you to send in your biggest surprises and disappointments from the early part of this NHL season. Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. Tell us who are the surprises and why. Tell us who are the disappointments and why. We'll get into it all next. That's coming up on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Halford, Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. This power play brought to you by R.W.J. Barnabas Health in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We encourage all women to schedule a mammogram, and we've got a devil's goal. 6.33 on a Wednesday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. I feel his, his frustration. That's got to be one of the best goal calls I've heard in when, a while. When, you know you got to get your ad read in there. Trust me, I know. 
but you've also got a goal to call. But what an ad read, too. That was right on par with, who is it, Thom Brenneman? The the apology mid-Castellanos home run? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Can we hear that again? This is from the Devil's Broadcast, yep. if I'm not mistaken. I, I saw some people referencing this on the It was making the rounds on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. You got to do your reads. You got to handle your business. Brought to you by RWJ Barnabas Health in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We encourage all women to schedule a mammogram, and we've got a devil's goal. <laughs> so he knew mid-read he was screwed, right? He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. They just scored. And why did it have to be that read out I of have all to of them? Fin- but I got to finish the read. God bless that man. You're listening to the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Alfred and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, public service address. We're doing a lot of these lately. If you want to go see your Vancouver Canucks play Sidney Crosby, if Jenny Malkin and the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday... We do have a pair of tickets to give away. We're giving away today, correct, A-Dog? That's right. Or we're giving away tomorrow. You're looking at me like we just talked about this. Sorry, I was editing some audio. What is that? The Pittsburgh Penguins, <laughs> yes. Vancouver Canucks tickets. Are we giving them away today we or are. giving we're away giving tomorrow? A pa- we're giving a pair away today. We'll Perfect. also be giving a pair away tomorrow. Okay, so they are going to go to the best what we learned submission. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. You need to add a ticket emoji to your text. It's not that difficult. None of this is. But you can get a pair of tickets to go see the Penguins tomorrow night. Notice I'll mention the Penguins. You can also watch the Canucks. Uh, Jason. I've got a trivia question. Can I love you, trivia. Can you name one of the four players that is currently leading the NHL in scoring with 12 points? One of the four players currently leading the NHL in scoring with 12 points. Hmm. I feel like I should know one of the four players currently leading the NHL in scoring with 12 points, but I feel like they might be off the books a little bit, like guys you're not necessarily expecting. Right. Off the board, not off the books. That was the wrong. This is not a, an accounting fraud. <laughs> <laughs> they just write it off. One in Rome, one in Rome. That was like the I'm spread just, your wings You guys can jump in here because I am, I am drawing a blank. I'm just going to tell you. No, okay, yeah, go. Because I don't think you're going to get it. Uh, no, because I'm clearly stumped. Valerie Nachushkin. Oh, he scored in every game this year. Yeah. Seven goals and five assists. Yeah. So he's technically the leader because yep. he has more goals than any of the other guys. Uh, David Pasternak, you could have guessed yes. this one. Damn it, I put that in the notes. Uh, Pasternak has five goals and seven assists for a Bruins team that we all wondered if they would start slowly because of the injuries that they've got. But uh, they've got David Pasternak yeah. and Patrice Bergeron. And David Krejci is back, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pasternak pending UFA, too. So his price is not going down. No. Uh, Artemi Panarin with the Rangers has 12 points. And here's the surprising one. Uh, Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt. The New Jersey Devils have turned it around pretty nicely after that rough start where they lost their first two games and the fans were booing Lindy Ruff and there was a fire Lindy chant two games into the season. I think they won four in a row or they four have. or five or something along those lines. Well, but, speaking of Jesper Bratt, NHL leading scorer Jesper Bratt, he was the guy that Lindy Ruff was asked about mm-hmm. with his ice time and his deployment when he only got 60 minutes. And Lindy was like, well, is that not good enough for you? And Mackenzie Blackwood, player, yeah, one of the players playing, of the week. Yeah, he's playing well uh, as well, which, I mean, I, I could care less about the Devils, to be honest, but... Um, Team Canada, potential goalie, though. You got you to gotta love that. Don't care about that. <laughs> um, but um, I will say... Uh, you know, after years, they've been irrelevant for a while now, the Devils. Better part of a decade, I'd say. 
Uh, well, yeah, since they went to the Stanley Cup final. That was 2012. They made the yeah, playoffs with Hall. They did. They had that one year, but it was such a blip. And then they went to the playoffs and got stomped. So, I mean, again, like, I guess. Isn't it incredible that Taylor Hall, like, fairly recently won the Hart Trophy? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's fairly quite, recently. Oh, you know what? He is. He re- never really cashed in, did he? As far as a contract, he took the one year deal, right? That eight year. Yeah. Like, you, I forgot yeah. he played in Buffalo. That was just a total. Blur. He did. <laughs> that was he got the one year, eight million dollar deal from Buffalo. Sorry, Hi, Andy. Sorry to interrupt. People are just texting in the ticket emoji on its own, like uh, a lot, a lot of different people. So he, just to clarify, the tickets go to the best. What we learned, as per usual. Yeah. Just like tomorrow, you're not going to get the tickets if you just text in the ticket emoji. The you ticket to, is to signify that you because we've want gotten like seven ticket. so far. Unlike the Canucks, you have to put in a minimal amount of effort. <laughs> Okay, you have to tell us what you learned over the last twenty four hours in sports. You can't just send a ticket emoji, but you can send in another one. Someone said, "Okay, there we go." I thought it was just a six one loss. That's a prediction. That's not a what we learned, but there was more to that message. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. We figured like now was a good time to maybe spread our wings a little bit and stop being so insular and hyper focused on this. I mean, granted, there's been lots to parse through with the Canucks, but there's a lot going on in and around the NHL. We're almost at the, the you know eight-game mark, which might seem insignificant, but that's one-tenth of the way through the season. Like mm-hmm. Things are happening. October- I mean, this, the connection season is already over, right? Yeah, so we're, right. We've we're already, already said We that. must be significantly into the season. October's almost done. So the first month of the season is almost done, and you've got to start looking at who are some of the surprises and disappointments in and around the league. So I think the way that we'll do this is I want to bang through what happened last night and then take some of that as a jumping-off point because there were a lot of narr- narratives that got crystallized last night. So we went through, Seattle got its first home win of the season yesterday, 5-1 over Buffalo. That was great. Awesome game at Madison Square Garden last night between the Rangers and the Avs. Alexander Georgiev returned with the Avs, 44 saves. They get a win in New York. Both those teams have, not necessarily record-wise, have been top of the table, but they both look pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think you expect them to be contenders. We talked about the Flames and Penguins. Flames got a big win. Flames look great. We'll get to them in a second. I don't know what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks. It makes no sense whatsoever. They've won four straight games. They're four and two. Their leading scorers are Taylor Radish, Philip Kurashev, and Jonathan Taves. Right. None of this makes any sense. I don't think it's going to be sustainable. I think they're getting some really good goaltending right now. Uh, If you look at their underlying numbers, their underlying numbers are not good. Boston is the best team in the NHL right now. By record, probably by style of play, too. They look very good. We'll get to them in a minute. They had a win over Dallas, who had gotten off to a nice start as well, 3-1 last night. How about the Arizona Coyotes? If you had told me that this deep into the season, the Coyotes would have double the wins of the Vancouver Canucks, despite the fact that all their games were being played on the road because they hadn't gotten back to Mullet Arena yet, I would have given you fairly long odds for that to happen. Well, they don't have double the wins. They do. Of they the have Canucks. two, and two is double zero. That's math. That's Burnaby math. That's a product... <laughs> Of the Burnaby school system, <laughs> The folks. education system has failed us. Two yeah. times zero. Not zero, <laughs> but two. Anyway, the, the, the interesting thing just, here. Just two more wins than the Canucks, and the Canucks have none. Some would say double. They have infinitely more wins than the Vancouver Canucks. I don't, I don't believe in infinite, by the way. It's not a real thing. Okay, not we, real... we got to go down that rabbit hole at some point. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a real thing. It's not a real thing. Everything ends, okay? Nothing is infinite. Oh, um, the Coyotes. Hopefully the show. <laughs> yeah, the, see, the show comes to an end. Is this Canuck season infinite? Possibly by the end of the hour when they catch what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, the Coyotes, I'm kind of intrigued by what's going to happen on Friday. Because the Coyotes are going to play their first game at Mullet. At, what did you call it? What's the nickname for Mullet? 
business in the front, no, no, party no, no, in the no. back. You said you're going to have flow a nickname arena. for the, the flow arena. The flow yeah, arena, yeah. yeah. Um, what are we, we're all going from Mullet Arena, now it needs like a nickname? Why don't we just call it Mullet Arena the for mullet? a The Mullet? The Mully? Mullet Any... Arena sounds like what it, the nickname yeah, would that's, be. That's, that's, that's yeah. true, actually. Yeah. So the mullet tonight. After getting a pair of wins uh, on this lengthy road trip to start the season, <laughs> I, this is going to be one of those kind of odd, not morbid curiosity, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pay attention to it only because I want to see what it's like and what the reaction will be. Because I've seen a pretty detailed view of inside the arena. Yeah. It is, it's a community. I don't know how else to say it. It's your local community rank. No, it isn't. It's a yeah. college rink. It's a college rink. It it's, looks like a college rink or a major junior. No, 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 rink. no, no The Langley no. events there, yeah, small, roughly. But that's no, not, no, no, a, that's no, no, not no. a community arena. It, it, it's small by junior rink standards. Some of them, like if you well, go, some of them, but it's not st- small by like the Vancouver Giants standard. Like I would say, if you were to go to Kensington Arena in Burnaby, you're an right? idiot. <laughs> you could probably you're an idiot. You could probably cram three. Not even Sun people. God would be comparable to this. No. What are you talking no. about? Yes, it would. No. Yes, it would. You could put the pictures. You could put three thousand people in there if you had to it's really going to be arena twice as big as you had to yeah. yeah if you put them on the ice as well no no no. you could get them off the ice you could put them like in the concourse and you could put them in the business room upstairs where they have the meetings you are going down an avenue parties. that you cannot support once again i don't the arena looks it fine I'm for right. a college arena it's not a college arena it's a it's a it's a for intramural sports that's what it's for <laughs> That's what it's for. Anyway, they play there on Friday night. I don't want to say that the Coyotes have been a surprise to start the season, but they have well, they more haven't wins. Been. They're terrible. But they have more wins than the Canucks. Double the wins, as a matter of I, fact. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about Columbus being a disappointment later. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we got to talk about Vegas in terms of who's been the most impressive. I think a lot of people, especially Laddie, who hates Jack Eichel, uh, were wondering about the Vegas Golden Knights and whether they could refine the the winning formula yeah they have they got six wins already mm-hmm. they've been they good got 10 more points than the vancouver canucks it was only just a while ago the season think, started no, i yeah. think someone might have uh tweeted this at us uh, like remember a little while ago when we were wondering if the canucks could maybe finish ahead of the vegas golden knights because we didn't know about their goaltending situation we didn't know about the vibe we didn't know if Jack Eichel or or, or Stone were going to be healthy. Um, man, they, they look good right now. And right now, if you're looking in the Pacific Division, you got Vegas, who's off to a great start. Calgary, who's off to a great start. And then Edmonton is not off to a terrific start. But I think most people sit there and go, yeah, they're, they've got too much talent to miss the playoffs. And they're like 3-3. Three and three. It's not a disaster in Edmonton. By any means, mm-hmm. the Kings are four and four. Seattle is three, three and two. They actually, technically, if you look at the standings, hold the third playoff spot in the division. And then there's three teams at the bottom that are just dreadful, and that includes the Vancouver Canucks, but also the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's already what I'm what I'm trying to say is there's already fairly significant separation. In the Pacific Division. It's actually hard to have a 10-point gap this early in the season. This yeah. is why you go for Connor Bedard. Shut up, Andy. Make it happen. Now is the time. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. I'm not. You know what? I, I can't entertain this today. It's too frustrating. It won't be infinite. Eventually, he'll be ours. <laughs> I'm going to stay focused and continue to talk about other teams. 
that aren't the Vancouver Canucks. Well, but. let's share in some disappointment of some fan bases yes. because I think if you were to ask most people who's the most disappointing team in the NHL this season, and I'm not just talking about people in Vancouver league-wide, they'd say it is the Vancouver Canucks, but there are a few other mm-hmm. teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Columbus has been a full-blown disappointment, if only because of how their offseason went. Right When you had all those off-season charts, but who were the big winners? It was the Columbus Blue Jackets because Johnny Gaudreau chose them. Yeah, they just look bad, too. They, they look just, terrible. They just don't look like a very good team. They're the worst defensive team in hockey. And I know that Gaudreau has nothing to do with that, mm. but you would think that coming out of the shoot, they wanted to put forth a better effort than this where they're leaking goals like crazy. The line A injury hurt. He came back last night, by the way. But they are... They're a disappointment from an expectation standpoint because I think some people maybe naively thought that Gaudreau was going to change the fortunes of the organization where right now I kind of feel like Gaudreau is on an extended, very well-paid vacation because there's no pressure on him. <laughs> there's not really. He can sh- he'll can he show up and almost just by being his vacation to Columbus sucks. Yeah, right? Like it's kind of underwhelming, but you're getting paid. So you're like, okay, this isn't too bad. Uh, 33 goals against in eight games. And that's with a guy in Merz-Lickens that a lot of people are high on in terms of ability. Yeah. But we've talked about the blue line that's in front of him. It's not very good. He's been sick, too, to start the year. Well. Yeah, right. They had to play. I can't even. Tarasov is the other goalie there, right? Because Corpus is hurt. So. so in terms of frustrated fan bases, though, I don't think Columbus would rank with the Vancouver Canucks. And Nobody I does. doubt. Well, here's one team that might rank with the Vancouver Canucks just because they've got a very loud, passionate fan base a fan base that was already frustrated with what happened over the off season, and that would be not much, and that is the New York Islanders, who are two and four after six games and have the fewest points in the Eastern Conference. And do you remember the frustration out of New York mm-hmm. that Lou Lamb wasn't doing anything, and they were like, "Well, maybe he's got the Cadre deal in his back pocket." Well, he didn't. He did not because Cadre went to the Calgary Flames and is playing quite well for the Calgary Flames right now. Right now, you got a really frustrated fan base uh, in New York, and I was wondering. Actually, I was wondering if, if like, is is Patrick Alvin or Jim Rutherford on the phone with Lou Lamb, and like that would be the type of team that you'd call up and be like, "Hey." You're off to a bad start. Yep, exactly. We're off to a bad start. It doesn't have to be anything major, but is there anything trade-wise that you think we can do? Like, I'm not talking about getting Noah Dobson. Right? No, like, no, I'm no, not no, talking no. About I know what you're talking a about. A deal like that. Like, it's just kind of, I mean, Jim Rutherford and and and, and Lou Lamorello are, they've been around a while, right? They're old school guys and they believe sometimes in, in well, Jim Rutherford, I know, believes in shakeup trades, right? Just anything. Mm-hmm. maybe that's a call that he could make. But no, it's a great re- shout by but, you. But regardless, the Islanders right now are not playing particularly well, and they got a real frustrated market there. Like, for example, a trade that I could absolutely – and it makes no sense whatsoever and doesn't do anything for either team, but I could absolutely see them doing something like, I don't know, Clutterbuck for Pearson, where you just are like, here's a guy that we have, here's a guy that you have. Can you flip these guys around, right? Now, the biggest thing with this Islanders team is that they are identity-less right now, and I think it's because they're partly in transition, but they haven't really transitioned to anything yet. The biggest change that they made and the biggest identity that they had was the head coach, Barry Trotz. 
he instilled something in this team, which the positives were airtight checking, defensive hockey, low event hockey, won a lot of games in the regular season, got them deep in the playoffs. Now they've made the switch to Lane Lambert. You would assume that they made the switch because they want to see something different from the group. The problem is, problem is, you have a team that is built around the same guys that Barry Trotz had all this experience with and all this success with. And they knew how to play one particular way. So do we have do we have the trots here? We don't. Okay. We're trying to set something up there for Barry Trotz with regards to him speaking yesterday on the Cam and Strick podcast. And a bunch of different outlets picked this up. And Trotz had a really interesting answer when he talked about how he wanted to get back into coaching. Not this year. He still wants to take the year off. But he specifically said he'd be intrigued by going back to an original six team, which I guess kind of makes sense because his back stop- to he's never been. Sorry, long. going to an original six team because his his stops have been obviously Nashville, Washington, and then the island. Now I think by saying original six he meant Canada because he kind of alluded. to But it. did he mean that? Because well, he here's, said here's the quote though. Here's the quote though. Um, I don't know if any coach that takes a job in Canada ever wants to deal with it. Original six for me. I have never coached an original six team. That would intrigue me. Those teams always intrigue you. But the Canadian teams, you're under the microscope. You sort of are in New York, too. I think it takes a special coach, special player to play in Canada because there's a different pressure. There's an interesting answer. I don't know if that's him saying he wants to play or he wants to coach in Canada. It sounds to me like (laughs) that's him going like, you know what? I wouldn't mind the Chicago job. Or Boston or Detroit, right? The interesting thing about this is that if you look at the teams and you say, let's let's break this down one by one. The Bruins just hired a brand new coach, Mm -hmm. Jim Montgomery. He's off to a great start. I think he's he's safe. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Uh, The Blackhawks just hired Luke Richardson. Mm -hmm. And he's he's great. They're four and two. They won four games in a row. The Red Wings hired Derek Lalonde. Yeah. Brand new. So there's three new coaches. You've got to look at this and say, okay, what's a realistic landing spot? The, the Rangers are playing great. I don't see them moving off Gerard Gallant. Then you go Montreal. They just hired Marty St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Toronto is the one. There you it? go. Yeah, Toronto there you the go. One. There's not a better make sense fit if you're going to go in a different direction than Barry Trotz to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I mean, they've been calling for it. If, if, if this group underachieves – or this group is sputtering at any point this year, and you got to pull the choke chain. That makes too much sense. Well, does he make sense for Vancouver? I mean, would he want to? Would you even want to entertain this mess if you were a unrestricted free agent coach that was in demand? And remember being in demand. But don't don't most coaches go to a situation where there's a bit of a mess because a coach has been fired, right? So most coaches walk into a situation that isn't perfect. Um, Toronto, certainly, you've got a roster that's had more success. Not in the playoffs, but at least it's gotten to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if Barry Trotz also wants a bit of a say in management, which he might be able to negotiate in Toronto. He could be the GM I don't... when Dubas gets fired. <laughs> yeah. You can bring back the coach and GM combo. Um, I, I think it brings you to a good conversation about, let's say, Bruce Boudreaux doesn't last the season or there's a new coach next season. There's a big hiring this off season. I would imagine that this management group does not want a player's coach. I would think that they do not want a coach that is going to make this group comfortable. You know, what's really funny is if there was ever a time for torts, 
now would be it. It wasn't back in 2013-14. I think that was absolutely the wrong time to bring in a coach like Torts for numerous reasons. I don't think it was the right roster. Uh, You know, it was a veteran roster that had had success winning, that had known how to win, and then you bring in this guy that has a bunch of different ideas, and it just didn't work. Even though the Sedins, you know, still have a lot of respect for John Tortorella, I don't think Torts' heart was in it either. Right, because it was still in there. That's fair to say. That's fair to say. But I do think that this roster needs an iron fist, and maybe they needed a hug last season. Maybe that's what they needed. But I think this roster needs an iron fist by a guy who's done it successfully before in the NHL. Oh, I I agree a hundred. Like very rarely do I agree with you a hundred percent, a thousand percent. There's more math for you, a thousand percent. Someone with some presence. Someone with some gravitas, there's a word for you. That's a good word. That can come into the room and be like, hey, guys, you got to listen to me. And you know why? Because I've done this before. And I'm looking at this group right now, and I'm seeing a lot of issues. I'm seeing bad habits. I'm I'm seeing bad structure. And I'm going to fix that. And anyone who doesn't listen to this, you're out the door. You're not going to find a bigger Barry Trotz. God, maybe it's me. Did you see how I delivered that speech? It's not you. It's not me. I've been a big... Barry Trotz fan for a while. I've always admired what he's been able to do. You know, he's the classic make chicken salad out of chicken crap. Really. Some of those teams in Nashville that were very bereft of talent, he looked at it and said, hey, we're not going to outscore people, so let's be as good and airtight defensively as we can. Got them to the playoffs. Now, yes, playoff success only really came in that one year with Washington, but it, it, it arrived for the guy. You cannot argue with nearly a thousand, he's got 914 wins. So it's him, Scotty Bowman, and Joel, Joel Quenville, right? He's, and I think the big thing with him is in three different markets, he instilled a style of play that worked mm-hmm. everywhere. That to me is the biggest marker of consistency and the ability to not just deliver a message, but execute on your plans. Because you would think at one stop, it wouldn't go right, or there'd be a rebellion from the players, or the, the pieces wouldn't fit. But everywhere he's gone, He's won hockey games. They've improved defensively. They get to the playoffs. The job he did with the Islanders was incredible. And you He know, took one of the worst defensive teams, yeah. most irresponsible playing team in the NHL, and turned them into one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. It just goes to show coaching matters. Yeah, is it a, Structure matters. Is it aesthetically pleasing? Probably not. I but think it's better than jerseys on the ice. Right, exactly. Okay, we got a lot more to get to on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. We're going to go NFL with Nick Shook from NFL.com. That's coming up next. I think we'll go about 10, 12 minutes with Nick. I would like to dive back into this conversation a little bit more. We're getting a lot of messages into the Dunbar Lumber text line. We talked about the variety of disappointments in and around the NHL, the Canucks, and the handful of others. We haven't really talked about the, the house of positivity, some of the really big surprises, some of the really good stories so far. So we can do that on the back half of the 7 o'clock, and then that'll lead us into Frank Saravalli, who's going to join us for some NHL and hockey talk at 7.30. Uh, 8 o'clock, we're going to do what we learns, and a reminder, we're going to give away a pair of tickets for the Canucks and Penguins game on Friday night. So it's a big show ahead. Hour 1 is in the books. Hour 2 is up next, and we'll kick it off with Nick Shook from NFL.com. It's all coming up next here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.